welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, you and joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Shannon. Hello. Kieran. Hello. And James. Hello. To launch straight into it, Shannon and Kieran, you've both been using slash reviewing the PSVR headset. Very excited to hear about your thoughts. I actually managed to just sample Shannon's a little bit. Um, and that's as much of the taste I've got of the PSVR. Um, but it seems like pretty impressive tech. But the two of you, having spent much more time in it than myself, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Um, Shannon, perhaps we start with you. What was What's your take on the hardware to start with? Um, it's a hard one. So at the moment, we only have access to, of like the big AAA games, we only have access to Horizon. So no... Resident Evil and no Gran Turismo. But yeah, Horizon is definitely a good sort of showcase of the hardware. So like, yeah, better better graphics, better fidelity. Controls are a great improvement. Um, yeah, it feels tech-wise like a really solid improvement over the original PlayStation VR. But for me, like comparing it to the MetaQuest 2 is a little bit more difficult given the price difference and like, uh, MetaQuest 2 being like solo and wireless. So it's it's definitely a tricky one with the current games that I've got access to at the moment or we've got access to. How about you, Karen? Did you feel like it justified the heftier price tag than say a MetaQuest 2? I mean, obviously, technically speaking, the visuals are more impressive, but then mm. it's got the downside of the cord there as well. Does it justify the extra couple hundred bucks? Yeah, look, I the, like the tech. The tech is really, really impressive, um, and I think like when it when it all comes together, uh, especially in games like Horizon, where they are trying to utilize all the different stuff that it that it's capable of, it does sort of elevate it to that next level above something like the Quest Two. Um, but then, like other games that I've tried, like Tetris Effect and like Pistol Whip and all that kind of stuff, like pretty much feel exactly like they would on the quest 2 for the most part other than being like slightly higher resolution and stuff so um i think it really depends on what you're aiming to play and it's really going to depend on what comes in the future um and how sony supports it with like exclusives or you know big triple a kind of titles um the like the fact that it's plugged in though like i pretty much every time i've played it i've forgotten the cord even exists um, and you also have the, you know, the loss of having to worry about battery life and stuff as well, which is, which is very handy. Yeah. Um, I like that. It's, yeah. It's also like, like I've, I've used the quest to not a terrible amount, but it's, it's so much more comfortable than that. Like the, the weight distribution and the way it fits all the adjustments you can make the eye distance stuff, like everything in that regard is just far, far superior. So I think if you've played VR in the past and thought it felt short in like comfort or visuals or anything like that like this kind of solves all of that in one go which is which is pretty cool yeah how how would you describe the kind of user experience of it Shannon is it easy enough to kind of get set up and connected calibrate like is there some sort of functionality in scanning your room or anything like that um yeah for me like that is like the number one thing that, that rises above like even the MetaQuest 2. Like how, A, like you mentioned room scanning, like it, it literally yeah. will scan all objects around you and, and set up your play space in just a way that hasn't been done before. And even like the way it uses eye tracking to tell you like which distance you should set your lenses. Like that's something I've always struggled with with the original PlayStation VR and MetaQuest 2 in the sense that like you're kind of just guesstimating like what feels right in terms of clarity and going back and forth between things where with this, like there really is no guesswork 
in all of that kind of setup. So for me, like that is something they've really nailed in terms of like just putting it on, setting it up and knowing that you're getting like the best possible experience for like your eyes and your room that you have available. It's great. Very cool. Well, Kieran, you mentioned the the games and obviously that's, um, I suppose, an influential factor in how this hardware launches and the success that it has long-term. Based on what you've been able to play, how strong do you do you rate the current slate of uh, of games on PSVR two? Um, well, it's it's difficult because, like Shannon said, we haven't been able to try two of like what I would consider the marquee titles for it, which mm. are like GT seven and Resident Evil Village, which both get their free updates at launch. Um, yeah. I think I think those are going to be important in in like the I guess what people say is the success of the the launch library. But Horizon is phenomenal, like. It's the like the my favorite VR game that I've played so far, like of oh, all wow. time. So like, just you know, it it feels like a proper triple A title in the way it's structured and the amount of content you get and 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 all of that sort of stuff. And like it, it like I said, it utilizes like pretty much every little unique innovative feature of the the headset. So that's really really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, like the rest of the rest of the launch stuff, like there's 30 plus titles. It's a lot of stuff to get through. I think if you haven't played VR in a while or at all, you'll be really, really happy with the launch library because they have pretty much just got like all of the most notable titles. It's missing Beat Saber, but you know, everything else that you would kind of see on the other headsets that people would say are the essential titles, they're there. Um, but if you've got a Quest 2 or you played a heap of them on the, the first PSVR, like it, they're not overly different. So it's really like... It's really going to depend on what you're looking for, I think. Yeah, I think to Kieran's point, like if you're coming from PSVR 1 and like have that's all you've had and like you want to stay in this ecosystem with a new VR headset, like it's obviously it's still expensive, but it's a no-brainer in terms of making the jump to mm. this because like the, even among the launch titles, like there's so much there that I don't think was on the original PSVR and it, they're like a lot of them are fantastic. So 100% you'll be more than satisfied. I think it's like the MetaQuest 2 owner that has played like a lot of these games. Um, it's a better experience. I just don't think it's enough to even want to replay a lot of those again. Like games like Tetris Effect and stuff probably because they're fun and kind of timeless, but other titles, I just don't know if it's worth buying again for the experience. Yeah, I guess what's really going to sell me on it, unlike James, I haven't pre-ordered one yet. Um because I, I guess I'm kind of waiting for what that killer app is. And being a big Horizon fan as I am, like uh, Call of the Mountain could have been that for me and maybe could still be. Um, unfortunately, my brother's ordered one, so I'll probably just go to his place and, <laughs> and check that out. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Nothing's really kind of pulling me away or like justifying the investment at this stage um, when I've got a Quest 2 already, but I totally hear you both and that if you haven't really dipped your toes into VR world before, then this seems like the ideal sort of entry point to a more premium experience and you can perhaps kind of get elsewhere um what about yourself james how where's your enthusiasm at for psvr 2 at the moment you've got one on the way i'm sure you would have been really eager to hear their thoughts on resident evil but i guess we'll have to wait a lot longer for those yeah um (laughs) i don't know i'm yesterday shannon was like do you really want one or something and like and i was like oh i don't know and it's like really (laughs) oh no threw me off um but i had like errant trade credit and birthday gift vouchers that i have nothing better to spend on so i'm just gonna go with it and see where life takes me you know um (laughs) i i um (laughs) 
I, I'm a big horror person, obviously, and I feel like the there's a lot of potential here um, yeah. for horror. Um, like like, so I'm keen, obviously, to see Village, but even like I loved Rush of Blood um, when PSVR came out, and so I'm keen to see how the Dark Pictures game turns out because um, that's launch window, right? Like it's not it's not on launch; it's like a little mm-hmm. bit later. And yeah, The Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah, and then everyone goes on about The Walking Dead being really good, so it'll be nice to be able to play that. Um, I never played it on the Quest, and to be able to play it like with, with this system, which seems to be like better technology-wise, will be good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like, I bought into VR1 knowing that there wasn't... Like, not knowing what the future looked like, so I'm probably just going to do the same thing for this too. Yeah. Um, I mean, we do need people to like to support it and invest mm. in it at these early stages for it to be successful. So yeah, like I'm really, I should that, be following but, the lead of the three. Yeah, but like I, I don't know. I I understand why people wouldn't want to, especially given like it's not like it what the the market that it's targeting and like I guess like the whole like I feel like VR one was very much about getting everyone's got a PS4, so let's give them a cheap VR. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To get into it. And now I feel like it's definitely pivoted to the other way where it is more niche. So like I wouldn't expect everybody to buy one straight away. Like I think it is a way harder sell. Yeah. Um and I think that's reflected in the fact that you can today still pre order one for next week. Like and yeah. Yeah, I, I think, tr- truthfully, not- I think their strategy is the same again, though. Like, uh, they're predicting like, record sales for the PS5, and they've already said that pre-orders uh, for the I, VR I will. I agree with James in the sense that I feel like the original PSVR was more like buy this peripheral and have some experiences on the side, where, like, this feels, like, more complementary to the PS5 in terms of, like, once we maybe do see, like, a God of War or The Last of Us or an Uncharted, like, triple a vr game like it'll feel like buy this and get a similar experience in vr like it it ties together more nicely as like an extension of ps5 rather than just buying this thing for playing a batman demo for an hour and things like that so i don't know if it's i think they know it's a long-term thing as more people get ps5s or maybe they buy a ps5 and a year later they add vr to it um it's a tough one I think yeah. like I think the the thing that they've done right is they've got the hardware right so that the long term is possible. There's no like there's no really yeah. there's nowhere it kind of like falls back. It's it's got everything. It's got it's capable of AAA experiences. They just really just need a people to buy it and b for those killer titles to keep coming out. It would be great if like um, just every PlayStation sort of first party release, like even if it didn't have a VR mode per se, like if the field of view could just be scaled such that you could consume it like in VR, that would be awesome. Like in the same way, you know, at, like if they started just like adding support. Yeah, I was going to say like, like adding uh, ultra wide support. That would actually be cool. Yeah, because I mean, imagine Spider Man like swinging through the streets of New York, but with the kind of full I'm vomiting just thinking about it (laughs) (laughs) they'll do like they'll give games like 3D modes where like stuff can like pop out of the boundaries and shit like sure yeah that'd be cool (laughs) like even something simple like that without dedicated VR sort of modes or like functionality like that would be really neat I honestly Um, like you can't understate like how important it is to have like two controllers that have like analog sticks like when you think back to the move controllers like there wasn't even a way to move I think that's another thing yeah I think that's another thing with VR too like I do feel like out of the box it's more it just works better like and i don't, yeah. obviously don't know that personally myself but like you can just like with the vr1 like you had to buy the move stick separately and because of that they some games you know didn't require them and um 
it just adds so much to the immersion. And then obviously there's that fucking. Remember, like obviously the camera needed to track you and stuff, and then all yeah. of that shit with the the pass through box. Then that clashed with like the PS4 Pro's HDR. Like there was just so many things. Like yeah. it was just like this kind of mishmash of existing tech Random that crap. was already kind of shit. And then like it just kept as time went by, it just got shitter. Like yeah. I, whereas I feel like, like Kieran said, it will just get better <laughs> with VR two. Like, yeah, I think I think you're right. Like, let's rem- there, maybe the strategy was let's remove all the grievances people had with the original PSVR. We know we're going to have a massive install base, and like, yes, this is a bit more of a premium product, but like in the same way, the DualSense Edge, I suppose, is a more premium product. But I think they're assuming there's going to be that many PS five owners and players mm. that the the economies of it still work out in their favor. Yeah. Also, when you um, factor in the when you factor in the like the the move controllers were 120 bucks and the camera was like 80 bucks, so that's 200 bucks already that you had to spend on top of the original VR. So the mm. price point's not that unreasonable in comparison, I think. Yeah, yeah. How was some um, good the haptics gymnastics. as well of it? Like the, that's, <laughs> that's what kind I of the... do when I buy things. <laughs> like break it down individually. I'm, I'm actually saving money. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Um, yeah, sorry, how about the, the haptics of it? Like, uh, I suppose that's the other sort of major sort of feature to this as well, the kind of vibration both in the headset and in the controllers. Oh my, um, and the 360 audio too. Like, is that are those kind of noticeable immersion-building yeah. features compared to the I last actually, one? I forgot that the headset had haptics until I started playing Thumper. I don't know if any of you have played Thumper before, but, like, when you get like when you hit the really big beats or when you get, like, damage, like, the whole, like, headset, like, mm. thumps, like, really, like hits you i was like holy shit um so that is was Rez cool like that i haven't played res yet it um, is i think it I, is well, yeah i assume it, it would be yeah 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 all that stuff's really cool um the the headphones that you get with it are also like surprisingly decent for in-ear buds um and they fit really nicely into like the back band of the headset and they just hang down into your ears um so like i haven't used I was I was planning on using my H9 headset with it for the most part, but I haven't bothered yet. I've just been using the in-ears, which is surprising. I don't know what's going on with Shattered's dogs today. They have <laughs> my sausage <laughs> are just going nuts. They want to talk about yeah, VR. I agree with that. Um, yeah, they're, they're decent to the point that you don't want like another thing hanging over your head and like pushing down on it. It's good. All right, cool. Very nice. Well, excited to hear what thoughts you kind of have as you spend more time with it as well and sample some of the other games. And James, excited to hear uh, your thoughts having picked one up too. Um, and I'm sure I will report back once I've broken into my brother's house and tried out his um, until I maybe event- invest myself. Um, but we have more to discuss on today's show. And James, I want to come back your way because speaking of reviews, you played through Metroid Prime Remastered to the surprise drop from the Nintendo Direct earlier in the week. Uh, we'll talk more about the show generally in a sec, but firstly, your thoughts on Metroid Prime Remastered. One of the best games ever comes back <laughs> so that everyone can experience it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at first, I was like, oh, who cares? Like, when I saw the trailer, I was literally like, yeah, cool. Like, I can play this on a PC, and it looks better. But And I became one of those people, very briefly. But then I realized that this is, like, it's so much more than a remaster, like, in terms of, um... I think every piece of art in that game has been redone. Um, just to look better, look more detailed. And it's, like, it's... It 
I used to have concerns that, like, Metroid Prime 4 couldn't look good on the Switch, that it had to be a Switch program. But, like, playing this, like, it really got rid of, like, washed all of that away. Like, this is one of the best-looking games on the Switch, I think. And it um, runs well, yeah. Runs very well. Like, like rock solid <laughs> 60 well, frames. Yeah. It is possible. 60 it frames. Is. Yeah. Um, well, most Switch games did back in the day. Um, it's only the few, like, last year, I think, it started to, like, show its... It depends on the developer, I guess. But um, whatever magic they're weaving at Retro or Iron Galaxy is um, worth bottling, I say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like, wondered how you were going to finish that sentence. Yeah, I don't and know. I love yeah. how you did. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it is genuinely really good. I, I, it's, it, it, it's one of those, like, I feel like with remakes and stuff, we talk about them a lot. And it is one of those ones where you can safely play this and not miss out on anything from the original. And I think that that's, yeah. like, really important. Because um, some games, some remakes do change a lot of the stuff up. Some don't change enough. Like, it, it just feels like that nice, like, it changes enough to be modern, but then doesn't change too much to n- not still be the same experience as the original game. Um, and it still plays really well. Like, it's not even a case of, like, the game plays the same as it did before, so you have to make concessions for that because it was a different time. Like... With the addition of, like, the new controls and stuff, and you can still go back to the original ones, like, it just, yeah, it just plays really well. And, like, I'm really excited for this game to kind of find a more modern audience, because I feel like a lot of GameCube games that were stuck on the GameCube, especially, I were stuck there because the GameCube was, like, such a flop, and um, it's it was like a Wii U situation almost, where you had these genuinely good games um, that yeah. people missed out on, um, and Nintendo had no other way to play it, so... Yeah, just a really, I, really solid, like, 3D translation of, like, that kind of, like, Metroid Hollow Knight kind of experience, you know? Um, I don't think anything has ever come close. Like, I think the only thing I can think of, that the two games that are kind of close, but they're not even close, <laughs> are, like, High on Life and, um, like, Journey to the Savage Planet, I think. They were, like, the closest thing we ever got to Metroid Prime, but, like, nothing ever has touched, like, this game. And f- for good reason. So, yeah. I'm excited to give this one a go. I'm kind of waiting for like time to kind of free up and I'm not playing another game. Um, it's crazy yeah, for how... For the first time in yeah. months, I was like charging up my Switch, which I feel like is often the way after like a, a direct happens. I'm like dig- <laughs> yeah. digging it out and blowing the dust off it and plugging it back in. But I think I did that faster with this one than I've done previously. It is, um, yeah. It's genuinely good. And I'm excited for you to play it. Yeah, it's well, just like one of those. Like, I remember I picked it up for one hour, and I was like, "Yeah, the cool, like this is cool." But then, like four hours later, I was still playing it. Like, it just pulls you in. Like, it's so such a great world, and like, yeah. and the the music is still just as good as it was. The visuals are just better. Like, the lighting has been completely redone, and that just adds so much to it too. Um, it's really good. I really liked it. I'm excited to go back to like where it began too, because like I've played, I mean, I obviously played Dread last year and loved that. Was it last year or is it two years ago? Fuck, time's flown. Um, but you may not know this, I mean, James, but I loved Metroid Prime Hunters on the DS back in the day. And I'm fairly sure I played some of three as well. Corruption? Like the, Was that and the Wii Yeah, game? and they're like yeah. the worst ones. So if you enjoyed those. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to kind of go back and play this more revered one. Um, I just got to find the time to do it. And I'm pleased that it's kind of held up and not kind of... Uh, like, I guess I'm always nervous with a stealth drop like this is like, was this kind of hurried or was it like not 
to the standard they wanted and they're just kind of skipping the marketing buzz around it. But it sounds like that wasn't the case this time around and lots of people have been excited about it. And I love that we've had a couple of stealth drops in the last month. Um, hi, uh, what was it? Hi, uh, Hi-Fi Rush being the other one. Am I remembering the name of that game correctly? Yes. Um, yeah, like the two of those to both drop and be as liked as they have been has been really cool. Um, nice. Cool. I'm really pleased you enjoyed it. Does it give you... Where does it leave you feeling about Metroid 4? Like, is that nearer um, to being a reality now, do you think, with this? Like, are they... Do you see think, that yeah, ramp I don't up know. happening? It, it's hard to say. But, like, I think people um, have kind of, through ratings and, like, and hacking and stuff, kind of worked out that this was finished a long time ago. Um, so, perhaps them them holding on to it kind of indicates that they might have a plan time-wise for what they want to do and when. So, like, it definitely feels like, I guess, the Metroid train has left the station now. Like, it was just kind of sitting there gathering dust and rust for a while. But now it's, like, full speed ahead, you know? Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw 2 and 3 on the, on the Switch somehow, like, in the next 12 months, and then maybe Prime 4 next year or something. But, like, it'll be interesting to see where we end up. Well, James, I'm looking forward to whatever descriptive language you choose to continue using as we move on to our next topic and discuss the Nintendo Direct more broadly, because there's certainly a few announcements I think we ought to go through. I'll start with perhaps the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games coming to the Switch, which I know set a fair few people's worlds on fire. Kieran, I'm looking to you first here. How excited were you by this announcement? Um, yeah, like, it's cool. I, I think it's really, really cool. Like, I... I don't. I haven't. I downloaded the the Game Boy Advance and, and Game Boy games on my Switch, but I haven't played any of them yet because I yeah. kind of like looked at the library that's on there right now. I was like, oh yeah, I I liked all these, but there's so much else going on right now. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm not rushing out. I'm not rushing to to jump into them. But I think that like, I think that it's cool that they're there. And therein lies my question. Maybe I'll throw it to you, Shannon. Like. <sighs> I feel like we talk so much about these games being made available and get excited when they do, but in reality, who in 2023 is gonna spend time playing these games? Do you think? Yeah, it's a it's tough, isn't it? I I, I always get excited about it. Like I got excited about Goldeneye and like all the Mario Party games dropping on Switch Online, but like I can't say I've ever yeah. really dedicated much time to to any of them. So I feel like it's a great marketing ploy and to to get people to sign up, but. I'd love to see the data on people making their way through these games. Yep. Uh, James, we'll, we'll come to you while the Sausage Dogs are on Riot again. Um, are there any Game Boy, Game Boy Advance games that you're excited to play? No. <laughs> okay. I, um... Sounds like we're all on the same page. <laughs> no, there, I, um, I don't know. Like, I destroyed my Game Boy like physically playing it like oh okay so back you, in the day like you so didn't take a does. hammer to it like you loved it to death like yeah and um right yeah and i've just got no more love left to give that in like i'm all out i don't know i just i just think games like i mean yeah i think it's nice in terms of like like this is probably me being a bit annoying but like have being able to play all of the metroid games almost on the switch now is really cool we, yeah. we, we went from having no way to play any of them, like, two years ago, to all of them almost. So that's cool. Like, but I'm not rushing to play Alone in the Dark Game Boy Color Edition on my Switch. I just, yeah. 
I feel like with all these, a lot of these games, you play them for like 10 minutes. You're like, oh yeah, cool. I remember that. And then you never touch them again. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah. It, and it depends, I guess, what they add to the list over time. Like, uh, a Game um, Boy Advance was like one of the first game consoles that like I had. Um, and like, there's some kind of nostalgic things on there that I might flirt with. Whether or not I'd spend any considerable time with them, I don't know. Um but yeah, I mean, the list as it exists is not terribly exciting. I mean, maybe like kind of older Pokemon games, like if they kind of all rolled out, like that would be more of a draw card. But yeah. Pokemon it's... is an interesting like omission to me. Like I really thought they um, would have had something, but then I think Shannon mentioned to me when I talked about it, like they maybe want to have their own thing in the Pokemon present, you know, how they're a separate kind of mini direct sure. format. Yeah. Um, and I do know they're working, aren't they working on some kind of online trading system that will even work with the old games or something? So maybe that's not ready or some shit. Right. Um, but looking at like, I don't know if you guys saw the leaks, like, well, I mean, I know we published them like two years ago, or a year ago. Um, the list of games was like pretty good. There's a solid amount of like Mario and Luigi games, Mega Man, like just like the really, really good ones are coming. Mm. Um, Golden Sun is the big one. Like it's a really good RPG that I don't think anybody appreciates as much as they should. Um, yeah. That still plays really well. Mm. So yeah, like I think I think it's going to get better. But like like with all of these old consoles and Nintendo, like the drip is just like the drip feed is like so long. Like yeah, yeah. I, I think at least this time we might get like a game for each of them each month and then like once the next switch launches we won't just lose them all again <laughs> and again it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if they just delete them all and start again for a seventh yeah. time i do think that's where their energy should like be concentrated at this point it's like how do we make this like a sustainable sort of platform thing that can outlast well, yeah. one console generation imagine it's this existed really... in the cloud as well like and they were selling yeah. it to just like mobile on mobile and stuff like oh, that or just I mean, TVs. That like great. there's so much yeah. money there I think, like, yeah. the really awesome thing that we haven't really talked about also is that this emulator they have is online is online enabled. So, like, it can it can really mimic four-player play mm. online. Like, the Mario Kart game is online, which is really awesome. Yeah. And, like, that could be great for other games, too. Like, I, I love that. I've always felt like Xbox should do something like that, where you make all these old games with local multiplayer compatible, but your emulator can somehow mimic online so you can still play together, even when the yeah. game wasn't made that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's really one of the cool things about the Game Boy emulator, I think, with Mario Kart. But then yeah. I also feel like you've got Mario Kart Eight there, which is like one of the best Mario Karts ever. So like, why wouldn't you just play that? Like, it's yeah. it's so like yeah, they they've topped themselves, which is good. But like, it just makes going back worse, which is why like I just am not that excited for this beyond say like playing Metro Fusion again or Minish Cap again. Yeah, I think it makes sense for, like, kind of a preservation perspective, but then also, like, mm. maybe experiencing um, renowned things just the way they were intended or experiencing a story the way it was originally told, that kind of thing. But something like Mario Kart, where it's arcade like, yeah, surely would go towards the more contemporary version of it. Um, anyhow, we've got more to discuss from this Direct. I think the other one we should, we should address is Tears of the Kingdom, getting its new showing, sticking with that sort of May release date. Um, Shannon, firstly to you, how are you, how, what did you make of this most recent look at Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah, I just watched it again. It, it, there's not really a lot to, to go off, is there, in terms of like, if you just were told that this was like a Breath of the Wild trailer or like footage of that game meshed together, like you'd almost 
believe it but it's very clear that there's like some major mechanic or some differences that just aren't being shown like it looks great and like how you'd expect but yeah it's not like the deep dive that we were were after i don't even know if that's coming at this point but yeah i just would think at this point we would be starting to see if there is going to be one of those deep dives or like a direct dedicated to it that it would happen like i just don't know if we need many more of these like 90 second two minute hype reels of nothingness yeah yeah uh karen what about you did the trailer do anything for you what about the like new amiibo being shown in the Clex edition too there were a couple of other big takeaways from it the only like it's been so long since i played breath of the wild so like shannon like i couldn't i could tell you if any like what stuff what stuff there was new or like what story implications any of it had but um the vehicles excited me i i want another banjo kazooie nuts and bolts so if this can give me that i love a good grind rail too yeah yeah (laughs) i'm glad you said rail at the end of that um (laughs) yeah no i'm excited but like yeah it it was a two minute however long trailer like it wasn't like giving us anything really and james anything more to contribute on (laughs) tears of the kingdom (laughs) I am so bored by the concept of this game. Like, <laughs> wow. I, wow. Don't. I don't even know if we have a concept of the game. Exactly. Like, that's, that's that's my, it's out in three right months there. and we don't fucking know anything about it. Like, I feel like I know more about Everwild than Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I... I I don't know. I'm, I'm uh, sure. What more is there to know? It's a breath of the wild me again. Show, like, show, well, I don't want that. First of all, but second of all, like, just show me like I don't know, ten minutes of gameplay or something, so I can get a vibe. Like, if it's the same shit, it's gonna look go exactly like breath now. of the wild. Nah, it won't be. Surely, this is the longest time we've had to wait between Zelda's, like ever. Like, there's got to be more to it. And if it's just you can make your own vehicles nuts and bolts style, like I'm out. Like, I'm not interested. I'm in. And I liked Nuts Kieran and Bolts. Kieran James no, wanting totally no. separate things. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, like, and I'm, this, I don't want to be like that, like, old man Zelda purist, but, like, I would love to have just, like, items and dungeons and stuff. And I don't yeah. know if we're getting that here. Like, the Divine Beasts were so boring. Like, I don't, there was just so much about Breath of the Wild that was great. But there was so much yeah. about it. That a merge was so of both. Like you could have both. I think that's yeah. the thing. Like you, we could still have Breath of the Wild with these more and I've curated. Always said like the I've shrines the were great, but I would love some meaty dungeons. For yeah, sure. I've said from the beginning that like Breath of the Wild, it has such fantastic systems, and there's just such a strong, solid foundation now that they can build like a real Zelda game on top of. Yeah. Like, and I really hope that they do do that. But I just think these fucking every nine month, 30 second trailers where nothing happens and people are like, oh, it's darker. Like, cool. That's really interesting. But like, <laughs> it doesn't tell me anything about the game. They just I had no I did not expect like such a strong stance from James <laughs> really? off this. No, yeah. I didn't either, but then I, the more I talk about it, the angrier I get. I'm getting hot. Like it's so yeah. hot in here. I think but, my like, <laughs> it's I think it's, my hot take for it is like I don't see if they do just do Breath of the Wild again without any major updates. I don't see it getting ten out of tens again. Like I I think people are prepared to penalize this game if it doesn't really deliver in a big way. I just way. think these are so... Like, these trailers are just... There's no... I don't watch it and get hype at all about... I just don't get excited. I don't... Because they're just so vague and so, like, disjointed. And and then I know that people will watch, like, a, an 80-minute video on Game Explain about why 
the way that Zelda's wearing a hat is relevant and why that could mean <laughs> this. Do you know what I mean? But, like, that's yeah. just... I don't want to do that, first of all. I don't have the time. But second of all, like, I just... I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know what I want. I think I'll play it and then I'll I'll probably like it, I reckon, maybe. But I, I just really hope there is more to it than being the same shit. Like, I've already... And I know that we've just talked about, like, a remaster that was... The, and that's probably a little bit hypocritical of me. Um, but, I mean, but this like, isn't a remaster. This is very clearly a sequel. No, like, I'm just talking about... I'm getting annoyed about if it's the same shit, you know? Like, that, that's what I mean. Like, I, I'm aware that that could be seen as being quite hypocritical on my part. Um, but like, I'm so sick of Nintendo resting on their laurels. And I feel like with, yeah, like, yeah, I love Zelda. I love Zelda so much. It was like probably my top five franchises, like before Breath of the Wild comment came out. But like, I'm just so kind of disenfranchised with it at the moment. Um, so I really want to be proven wrong about Tears of the Kingdom. Otherwise, wow. it'd be tears of the Jamesy. Come Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I well, I don't want to see that. So I really hope it lives yeah, up to neither. expectations. <laughs> um, Kieran, was there anything else in the direct that stood out to you? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like I was, I was excited that we got a proper look at Pikmin Four because that's probably like one of the Nintendo games that I'm most looking forward to. Um. And also, like, not that it's strictly exclusive to Nintendo, but the remaster of We Love Katamari got me excited because I love those games. Um, everything else was, like... I don't know. There was nothing, like, mind-blowing, unless I'm forgetting something important. Sam and Amigo, that seems your vibe. I did like those games on the... What, like, the Dreamcast and the Wii? Um, so that was cool. But, uh, yeah. Oh, and Birdo coming to Mario Kart is very exciting. Fashion Dreamer? <laughs> Yeah, totally. Okay. James, I think you were excited about Ghost Trick Phantom Detective as well. Did you want yes, to have a, a moment pick. to spotlight um, that? Yeah, I can have a moment. That was good. Um, one, once again, though, I like it's a game where like if you kind of know that... <laughs> <laughs> I literally am giving you an opportunity yeah. to spotlight a game in which you wrote in the yeah. write-up was the best game ever yeah, uh, and one of the best stories in games. It is. And you're it's like, so good. Uh, but no, I'm just saying, like, once you know, personally, like, once you know the story, I don't know if playing it again would have the same effect. That's what I'm trying to get at. Sure. Because um, it's very story-driven. But once again, I love the fact that Capcom's giving this game some air, and hopefully it means we might get a, a new one in somewhere. Um, yeah. I play it, Yui. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say. The list is too long, but I will No, I will just try. add it to the list. Is anyone excited for Advance Wars? World Peace has finally been achieved, so they can release it now, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, If only that were true. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I do have a rapid-fire question, going back to the topic of stealth drops. Shannon, if a game was to stealth drop tomorrow, what game would you want it to be? To the surprise of nobody, I'm just going to say Ape Escape. It's got to be a real game. <laughs> it's got to be something that's likely to happen. <laughs> I'd take Starfall. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't take any game at, at this particular Starfall, moment babe? with how much Starfield, Starfield. with what's coming right. out. But like March first, yeah. I'll take Starfield. Uh, Kieran, yourself. Uh, the day before. Uh, no. Oh um, no, wow. no! 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 <laughs> I want them to stealth drop a VR game on launch day, like a like an Astro Bot or something. I think that'd be Ooh. cool. 
that would be really cool. I'd be all about that. Um, I know this is my question, but I really don't know. I, factions. I really want, when factions Gosh. drops, I really want that just to be a stealth drop. Like, just, it's out now. That'd be great. But that's a very expected answer. Um, James. Uh, this, well, actually, do you know what? Perfect Dark. Oh. And it's good. <laughs> like, oh. <that's, laughs> I only want it stealth dropped if it's good. It was believable for a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Being very rude today. Nah, but yeah, I think Perfect Dark. Nice. It's a good pick. Yeah. All right. Well, let's play What the Wiki Now, the Press Start Podcast game show where the previous week's winner, winner reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and we, the contestants, must guess the game. The first to... Uh, sorry, a point is awarded for each correct guess and the round ends after one person scores two points. Currently in the lead is Brody on five points. I'm second on four. Kieran on three, as well as James, also on three. Shannon on one. Uh, no one with Nilpois. Um... Brody was last week's winner, so should be in the hosting chair, but unfortunately scheduling uh, got in the way of having him on, um, so I will cover for him today. I will take that bullet. Uh, so, contestants, if you're ready, I will read you game number one, courtesy of Random Game Generator. We all set? Seeing nods? Yep. Yes. Excellent. The game is an action role-playing game, playable from either a first or third-person perspective. The player may freely roam an open-world environment consisting of wilderness expanses, dungeons, caves, cities, towns, fortresses, and villages. Each city and town in the game has jobs such as farming for the player to engage in. James. Players, James. Is it Harvest Stella? It is not, I'm afraid. No. Uh, players may navigate the game world more quickly by riding horses, paying for a ride from the city stables, or utilizing a fast travel system that allows them to What's move their called? character immediately to a previously discovered location. When exploring the game world, the player may encounter wildlife. Many creatures in the wilderness Kieran. are immediate. Kieran? Oh, is it Kingdom Come Deliverance? It's not Kingdom Come <sighs> Deliverance. Afraid not. Uh, many creatures in the wilderness are immediately hostile towards a player, though some will run away. The game is the first entry in the series to include dragons in the game's wilderness. Like other creatures, dragons are generated randomly in the world and will engage in combat with NPCs, can I go creatures, yet? and the player. Yes, you can. Skyrim? It is Skyrim. Oh, that well, felt too obvious. Right. James. Yeah. <laughs> Weird section of the Wikipedia page from that description. All I'm right, James, fan. you've got good. a point. Let me uh, just make sure I've got that logged for you here. Excellent. Game number two. Logged the game up. is an action game played from a first-person or a third-person view. Players can switch views whenever desired, similar to previous games, except when controlling hero characters or their personal guards. Players traverse planets from the original movie trilogy the game is based on, as well as a planet introduced in the sequel trilogy. To navigate the game's various maps, players use a variety of vehicles, including both air and land-based vehicles, which can be unlocked during every match by finding tokens that spawn randomly across the map. Planets are battle sorry, battles are planet-based, restricting players from exploring space. The game's weapons, characters, gears, and abilities are customizable. As new weapons are unlocked, players have the ability to share them with their teammates. The game does not feature iron sights apart from one blaster, but allows players to zoom in for better accuracy. Kieran. I'm loving how stumped you guys are today. Kieran, is it, no, is it I, just Star Wars Battlefront 2? It is not Star Wars Battlefront 2. Shannon. No. <laughs> <laughs> is it Star Wars Battlefront 
it is Star God Wars Battlefront. Well done, Chad. <laughs> the sweet, I'll take the it because I can't pick. literally can't buy a point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, game number three. So, Shannon, James, you could take the round out here. The game is a third-person action role-playing game. A core mechanic of the game is exploration. Players are encouraged to proceed with caution, learn from past mistakes, or find alternative areas to explore. The game takes place in a large and continuous interconnected Kieran. environment. Can Kieran? Is it Elden Ring? It is not Elden Ring. Fred. James. James. Is it Deathloop? It is not Deathloop. No. The game takes place in a large continuous interconnected environment connected through a central hub area. The player character can travel between areas and explore various paths at will, although prerequisites will be met must be met to unlock certain areas. You're Shannon. back in. That's the end of the paragraph. Shannon? Returnal. It's not Returnal. I'm no. back in as well, aren't I? I got in before you <laughs> You started. are. That was a free guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, the players... Uh, sorry, the player character's interaction with the world of the game includes a great deal of combat. Combat includes melee attacks, various forms of defensive maneuvering, and magical abilities. For melee attacks, player characters have access to a wide array of high-fantasy medieval-style weaponry, Kieran. including swords, spears, maces, and fantastical weaponry, such as magical swords, huge greatswords, and Kieran. immense clubs. Kieran? Is it Demon Souls? It is not Demon Souls, no. Shannon. Shannon? Dark Souls. <laughs> it is Dark Souls! <laughs> <laughs> well Thanks, done. Fuck off. Just keep, just keep carrying me for <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. So after that round, the scoring looks like this. James has moved up into equal second place with myself. Uh, and Kieran and Shannon tied in third place on three points. Still living Brody out in the lead. Love Very it. well done. <laughs> Who would have thought, well done, Shannon? Shannon? Not me. <laughs> Not me either. <laughs> Shannon, if, assuming I'm keeping my appearances tally up to date, though, that's three points from five appearances. You actually, actually had the most appearances out of everyone. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. And the best appearances. Let's not stop telling that up. <laughs> <laughs> and with that let's bring an end to what was this week's episode of the Press Start podcast subscribe to us on listener or the podcast service of your choice follow us at press.au and visit the site at pressstart.com.au we've been joined today by james yeah you can find me on twitter at james a-t-j-a-m-z go check out james's 9.5 out of 10 review of metroid prime remastered we've also been joined today by kieran yeah, I'm Hash Brown on Twitter, H-A-S-H underscore B-R-A-U-N. And taking home today's points, cherry picking it, his way to the top, it was Shannon. <laughs> you can follow me at Shancake underscore on Twitter. Soon to and be I've been your- Tears of the Jumpsy. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been your host, Ewan Roxbury. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxborough. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye. Bye.